Learn about the most helpful websites, apps, ebooks, and other electronic media that can help you jumpstart your prayer life. Join digital prayer expert and Gregorian religious community member Kara Kenyarian on this personal and insightful tour of digital prayer resources. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Church Next podcast. My name is Elizabeth Brignac, and I'm your host as we hear from instructors around the world on topics that can help us grow in our spirituality. You're listening to episode number 31, How to Pray Online with Karakin Yarian. Karakin is an author and social activist from San Francisco, and they have been a member of the Brotherhood of St. Gregory, an Episcopal religious community, since 1994. They have spent most of their adult life serving the queer community of San Francisco in different ministries, and they are the author of several books, including How to Be a Disciple and Digital, a Starting Ethics for Social Media. They've been an important part in developing liturgy-based software for church publishing. Our podcasts are curated from our online learning library at churchnext.tv. You can learn more about us there, and if you'd like to support us, consider a $9 monthly subscription that will give you access to all of our individual online classes. Your generosity helps us produce digital experiences that help shape disciples. The internet has made its impact on almost every aspect of our lives. We can still ask, however, without raising too many eyebrows, how do we pray online? Is it very different from what we're used to, that whispered prayer in the car or daily prayer in our designated prayer spaces or the prayers of the people said during our worship services? Online prayer can allow us to pray in ways that we're used to and more. Praying online means making use of the seemingly endless online resources, Prayers, meditations, ebooks, devotions, apps, websites, chat rooms, messaging, online prayer partners, blogs, the list goes on. Praying online requires that we embrace the concept of using technological advances to enrich our spiritual lives. It means that we do things a little differently, perhaps, but with the same intent to love and worship God, and more easily in some ways given the proliferation of easy-to-access religious resources. Most importantly, online resources give us greater access than we could ever have had before to the global church, removing spatial barriers and bringing us together in ways that our ancestors could never have imagined possible. In Matthew eighteen twenty, Jesus says, Where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Today, the internet allows us to gather in God's name in ways completely different from any that Christians have ever used before. Kerrigan's first talk shows us where and when and how we can tap into the plethora of communities and resources available on the internet for prayer. Kerrigan discusses how these communities and resources are creating a groundswell of connectivity and reshaping our understanding of the church. One of the great advantages of praying online and using digital media is, is that you now have a much richer and much more vast collection of resources so immediately available that it makes it really exciting. Uh, If you're somebody who doesn't necessarily want to pray the daily office as it is in a prayer book, for example, or you want to spice it up a little bit with different material from here, different material from there, there are great advantages to being able to have access to all of that material all over the the internet, in mobile app format, in ebook format, 
So I find that very exciting. I find it a really wonderful, interesting prospect to be able to accumulate and carry around as much material as available. Uh, there are also, uh, you know, a variety of different ways to have that material brought to your attention. So there are mobile apps that are dedicated just to praying in a variety of different ways in a variety of different capacities. Uh, but there are also ebooks, you know, that are available that make material really easy to carry around. There are email lists that you can join nowadays uh, that will send daily reflections and daily prayers uh, off to your email box so that at the click of a button or every morning or every evening before you go to bed, you've got an email from somebody with some piece of spiritual wisdom, something that you can reflect on. There are even little miniature retreats available online. Uh, I think the, the Jesuits do something called a three-minute retreat. Uh, which is a little beautiful page. You open it up. It's got a little click to advance button. You can go through it at your own pace and at your own time. Uh, but it's a wonderful opportunity to have that kind of pause and reflection also available immediately. I, you know, social media is a wonderful tool. Uh, there are wonderful opportunities out there to build community around around praying together. That's one of the things that makes me very happy. Is is that in today's digital age. Uh, with access to the internet, with this expansive community that we're capable of building online, that there are a variety of ways to reach out and connect with other people, to share prayer concerns, to receive prayer concerns from others. And it's a wonderful way of knitting together, in my mind, what is truly church is this diverse, global uh, community that 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 wraps itself around the concept of prayer and prayer in common, and so for me, the connections that I've built online, around around my prayer life, around common prayer, around concerns, uh, is something that I think makes the internet really a beautiful tool. It it for me is what the internet could be and should be, right? Is this opportunity not to divide but to bind us together and to build community over vast distances uh, to be introduced to the prayers and concerns of others in a way that connects us in our humanity uh, rather than connects us in our differences it connects us with those things that we have in common I've built wonderful communities um, I've discovered wonderful communities of prayer online uh, on Facebook for example you know several different groups that I belong to that are either particular towards uh, for religious in my tradition uh, or religious across a variety of different spectrums or individuals who just want to be connected around intercessory prayer the opportunity to just say I'm having a tough day today or my mother is sick or I'm having trouble in my relationship and to know that there's a community of people there that will respond to that in a way that is prayerful and deliberate and connecting and, and helpful uh, is for me one of the great gifts of the internet certainly one of the great gifts of social media when used rightly uh, and so I think that there's wonderful advantage to that uh, and because I can remain connected with that those communities no matter where I go nowadays between having a phone or a tablet that's connected to the internet uh, it makes it richer it makes my day richer to know that anytime I need to or want to, uh, I, can, I can peg into a community of people whose purpose is simply to pray together. Not only can we pray our personal prayers online, but we can also pray online together as a church. 
Using online resources, we have the means to pray together for the world and the church and for each other, knowing that our small and single prayer joins with the groundswell of others. Through the technology available to us today, we have new exciting ways to practice ancient rituals, to lift our voices to God in communion with others. In their next talk, Karakin offers specific ways and resources to pray online as a church in community with one another. The daily office as the prayer of the church is something that as a religious is very important to me. And I know that having having worked for quite a number of years in developing software uh, around common prayer and daily prayer, that there's a great hunger and a great need out there for people to have the opportunity to engage the daily office. But the daily office can be a bit daunting. Uh, sometimes uh, folks uh, enjoy things like the prayer book and the Book of Common Prayer. Uh, other times the, it's a little bit off-putting because it seems too complicated or it seems too big or it seems too unwieldy. Uh, but the wonderful thing is, is that online now and in the mobile app area, there are a number of ways to approach and pray the daily office that really makes it quite simple to have the opportunity to do that. Some of the online websites where you can find the daily office are things like uh, St. Bede's Breviary Online uh, or Mission St. Clair Online, uh, Oremus Online. Uh, even my own community, the Brotherhood of St. Gregory, has a daily office app. One of the great advantages to having these um, these uh, mobile websites or these websites available to pray the daily office is that all the work is done for you. I think one of the things that so many people find daunting about praying the office is dealing with the ribbons in a prayer book, having to figure out what readings you're supposed to do today, having to figure out uh, which collect of the day to use and which psalms you're supposed to use and whether you want hymns or you don't want hymns. The wonderful thing about some of these sites is that they really do all the work for you. Every time you open up the page, every time you log into the website, the readings for the day are already there, the psalms are already there. Uh, you don't have to contend with ribbons and big books or multiple books. Uh, it already knows the day of the week, it already understands the season of the year, and so most of that work is already done for you. Uh, and several of these sites are, are wonderful in that you can just bookmark them to the home screen of a tablet or, or of a mobile device, and all you have to do is click on it, and the office for the time of day and the day of the week is already there and available for you. So that's very exciting for me. Also, there are several apps out there that are available for praying the daily office from across a wide spectrum of traditions. You can find the Liturgy of the Hours for the Roman Catholic Church, uh, Pray Now is a Lutheran version of the Daily Office. Electronic Common Prayer by Church Publishing is the Episcopal version of the Daily Office. Uh, there's another one called Daily Prayer, I believe, and I think that is from the Presbyterian tradition. So those are all available as mobile apps that are compatible with your tablets or your phones. Uh, in addition to the, the websites and the mobile apps, of course, there, there are always e-books, and uh, you know, for most e-readers, whether it's you know, iBooks or Kindle or uh, any of the other e-readers that are available, uh, there are a variety of resources for the daily office that are out there that even simplify and even use much more contemporary language than uh, the traditional offices might, for example, out of, out of the Book of Common Prayer. Phyllis Tickle's uh, The Daily Hours comes to mind, which is a wonderful book, a wonderful resource for 
a much more manageable and scaled down version of the office that's very rich and very robust and doesn't take a good deal of time. Um, you have Daily Prayer for All Seasons, again, by Church Publishing, which uh, was just recently released by the Standing Committee on Liturgy and Music. That is a, uh, a beautiful and, uh, and vibrant and rich expression of the daily office uh, that's, that's brand new. Uh, also, for things like just devotional material, uh, the Forward Movements, um, uh, Forward Movements, uh, the St. Augustine's Prayer Book, their newly revised uh, prayer book, as long as several other devotional books that they've come out with are now available in ebook format. So they can be downloaded into your e reader uh, and onto your phone, and you can have access to those kinds of prayers. For me, again, a great benefit of the daily office is. I have my prayer, my personal prayer, my own prayer. The daily office, on the other hand, is the prayer of the church, right? And it's something that we're all called to, uh, that, that common prayer that we all share. And so as I pray the daily office, I'm mindful that there are others in the church around the world who are saying those same words every day, uh, engaged in those same prayers, and it makes me feel connected. It makes me feel knit together in the body of Christ in a way that is just very meaningful for me. Devotions, quiet time, journaling, relaxing, self-examination are necessary components of a healthy spiritual life. It may sound odd in a world in which online activities are often sources of distraction and mental noise, but online resources and communities can support us as we engage in our daily devotions. In the third talk today, Karakin highlights some of these opportunities for spiritual growth through the internet. Daily devotion, um, self-reflection opportunities to slow down and relax are also, I think, really essential in a robust prayer life and, and in a robust spiritual life. And so, in addition to finding ways to pray, finding ways to engage in self-reflection, uh, relaxation, um, self-exploration, I think, are also really critical and essential. And so, again, devotional material is so readily accessible and so easily accessible online. Um, I'll point out a couple that I think are, are really fascinating and interesting to me. One of them is uh, Loyola Press's three-minute retreats. I, I mentioned that a little bit earlier, but it really is just a wonderful um, tool to be able to pause in the middle of your day, go to the website, and just walk through a very gentle, very simple three-minute reflection on the scriptures or on a quote from a particular uh, contemporary theologian, a uh, snippet of prayer. So I find the, the three-minute reflections a very helpful tool. Um, many contemporary theologians run daily blogs or daily reflections. Richard Rohr is a perfect example, uh, his Center for Contemplation. Um, and he's not the only one. There are a variety of different thinkers, uh, spiritual figures, religious figures in the churches out there that have these, uh, these daily reflections that can be sent to your inbox. And so finding the ones that really suit uh, your temperament and your personality, the ones that really speak to you, is really quite easy. Apps. Um, here's one that I, I think is really interesting. There's an app called Echo out there. Uh, it is a way of connecting with other people um, around intercessory prayer. 
So it's a wonderful way to to organize and keep track of all of the prayer requests that you've had when somebody says, please pray for my mother, please pray for me, I'm having a difficult time. Part of the spiritual life is self-reflection, uh, is inner dialogue and conversation. And so journaling for me is a really wonderful tool to be able to engage with my own thinking and my own thoughts around, uh, around that. Uh, now, when you talk about journaling and you talk about this as an online experience or a mobile experience or a, just a, a tool that's accessible to you, one of the first things to decide is, is this going to be a public experience or is it a private experience for me? If you want to share your thoughts with others, uh, if you want to have an opportunity to make your reflections public in a particular way, of course, there's no really better way to do that than to blog about it. Blogging takes some discipline. Um, I, too, uh, used to have to make it a very specific discipline in order for me to uh, approach it diligently. Uh, sometimes it was just too sporadic. And so it started for me, actually, one year as a Lenten discipline. I was going to write one small thing every day for Lent, and I was going to put it out there on my blog and see what happened. Who knew that it would lead to a very long time blogging career? Not, not I, but that's, that ended up being the case. Uh, today, of course, we have Twitter and we have Facebook. Um, we, we often refer to them as micro-blogging. Uh, particularly Twitter, since you only have 140 characters. So if you have something important to say, you better keep it brief. <laughs> now, being public about your inner thoughts and feelings around your spiritual and interior life isn't quite the direction you want to go. There are certainly a number of tools for the, the desktop or for mobile apps that you can use to just write daily on your spiritual life. Um, on the Mac and iOS side, you have a wonderful journaling product called Day One. Uh, it works on both the desktop and on, on mobile devices. Uh, it is shareable, so you can choose while you're writing or after you've written some which, which parts you might want to share with your Facebook friends or which parts you might want to post online or which ones you just don't want to do that with. Um, on the Android side, you have a, a similar app called Memoir and another one called Journal, uh, both very similar. What I love about them is that if I come across a snippet during my day, say, for example, Richard Rohr sent a wonderful reflection that night, uh, or I've come across a prayer while praying the daily office, I can copy it and I can paste it into my journal for that day. And I can write down for myself what about that particular thing really inspired me or made me, what did it make me feel? How did it unpack something for me that I didn't think of before or wasn't aware of before? The same thing with images or photographs. You can import images and photographs into them, uh, icons and religious imagery or just a photo of my dog looking particularly lovely that just makes my heart feel warm. And I can write about it and I can talk about it and I can explore in, in my journaling uh, all of the, the things that unfold for me as I try to progress in my spiritual life. So there are a good number of, of tools and ways and means out there to be able to approach uh, your own spiritual enrichment and your own spiritual devotion and to be deliberate about it and to pull again from this just vast interconnected web of resources that are available out there uh, just, just waiting you know, to be used and waiting to be found.
The internet has allowed, among other things, instant and continuous access to the Bible, as well as many other religious and spiritual resources. We now have ways of getting access to multiple versions and translations of the Bible, to compare passages, to find commentary and annotations far more easily than people have ever been able to do before outside of a library. In the fourth talk, Karakin introduces some of the more popular resources for Bible reading and study online. Having scripture so instantly accessible online is such a great gift for those who really want to, uh, one, have an opportunity to study scripture in depth, uh, to, to really um, find and unpack uh, all kinds of, of, of meaning and all kinds of uh, uh, ways of approaching scripture. So there are online tools available. There are, of course, ebooks available. There are apps available. Um, I want to talk about a couple of them. Uh, for me, uh, I'm just going to put right out there. I'm a huge fan of Olive Tree software. Uh, it is such a, a wonderful and robust application. There are so many resources available within it. Um, I'll probably get a little bit of. Uh, of pressure because it is a rather pricey endeavor to engage in, in something like Olive Tree because you're paying uh, probably as much as you pay for a print Bible to get some of the resources that are available. Uh, it's so wonderful as a study tool to have these things side by side. If you want to just read through scripture, uh, Olive Tree is another wonderful way to do that. Uh, just to be able to open up a single window and read through the Bible. You can take notes, you can highlight uh, you can even share with some applications uh, the piece of scripture that spoke to you today on social media or, or with a cohort group of friends and folks that you're studying scripture with. Many of the programs come with reading plans, so you can approach, say, for example, the Gospel of Mark in a fixed period of time, or you can approach the Psalms, uh, or you can pick a topic uh, for example, uh, faith in adversity, you can pick a topic and you can read all of the scripture verses that might speak to that. Uh, there's something called eSword, which is available for almost every platform at this point. eSword is a, is a complete open source version of tools for reading and studying scripture. It's just got dozens and dozens and dozens of translations in a variety of different languages. There are many free uh, commentaries and annotations available to go with it. It can be used on your desktop. It can be used on your phone. So if, uh, if you don't want to spend the money on, on a product like Olive Tree, for example, you can go for a, a more freeware version of uh, the materials for something like eSword. really fascinating application that's come out just in the last few years is something called Glow Bible. It's a brand new, really fascinating interface for engaging in the scriptures. Uh, it, it, it approaches the scriptures through five lenses, and I believe they are just the Bible in, uh, in written order, in received order, the way we've got it now, uh, media, atlas, timeline, which I believe is all of the books of scripture in the chronolog chronological order that they were written, uh, and then topical. You can drill down into Scripture through a really beautiful interface. It connects you with, uh, with other folks as well. It's got reading plans. It's really rich in multimedia. So there are videos. There's audio. 
Uh, and I find it uh, to be a really interesting approach. It's a very evangelical approach um, to Scripture, and it currently doesn't have all that many translations. I think the NIV and the uh, English Standard Version are, are the two more prominent ones beside the King James that they have available within it, but I trust that over time they're going to come out with uh, newer and newer versions or newer and newer translations to be able to include in the package. Um, ebooks. If you just want to read straight through scripture, uh, just sit and start at the beginning of a book and work your way through, um, then ebook versions of the scriptures are readily available. Um, the problem I've always had with ebook versions of the scriptures, though, is because the it, it's a big text. The Bible is a is a gigantic book, and ebook versions are not always easy to navigate. You know, they're just page by page. You have to rely on bookmarks. Uh, to be able to mark certain areas that you want to go back to and you want to stick to. Um, so they're a little bit unwieldy in ebook, and that's just because I think ebooks, we haven't quite gotten to where we want to be with them as a technology as far as enhancing them and making them rich and multimedia capable. Applications online, for example, one of my favorites is uh, Bible Gateway, which is a really terrific. If you just want to look up a scripture verse, uh, or you want to go and see a variety of different translations of the same scripture verse, uh, you can't do any better than Bible Gateway. I think it's got nearly a hundred different versions of scripture at this point. Um, and it, the wonderful thing about it is, is you can bookmark it to the home screen of your phone or your tablet if you want to, and just at the click of a button, you've got an interface to look up a particular verse of scripture. So having these materials available, I think, helps us to engage in scripture uh, in a way that's that's much easier. And again, if you don't have to carry around a bunch of different books, but just have them accessible anytime you need them, I find myself being much more readily interested in going and engaging with Scripture when I know that it's right there at my fingertips, uh, whether I'm on the bus or whether I'm waiting in a, a, the office at a doctor's appointment. It's just a, it's a wonderful way to just continue to be engaged with Scripture in a way that's very simple. As we wind up our podcast for today, here are a few suggestions for further learning. Karakin has written a book on ethics and social media entitled How to Be a Disciple and Digital, which is available through church publishing and through online sellers. We offer other Church Next classes that you might find useful if you liked this class. If you'd like to learn more about digital resources for your congregation, try Digital Strategies for Churches with the Reverend Kyle Oliver, and you might also like Everyday Spiritual Practices with the Reverend Keith Anderson, and he's the author of the book, The Digital Cathedral. And that's the end of today's podcast. Thanks for tuning in. As always, if you'd like to learn more about us, go to churchnext.tv. And the blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with us all today and always. Amen.